Welcome on in, WIP Daily. Joe Giglio with you. Appreciate everyone who listens, of course, subscribes, follows the show, wherever you get your podcast, the Odyssey app, and often, uh, a few times a week, on our 94 WIP YouTube page. And today, as we are getting real close now to the MLB trade deadline, coming up August 1st, we'll be doing live shows all day on WIP from a Gerkson Horseshoe. Come on out and, and join us there. But the trade market has begun to move. We know the Angels will keep the show Otani. They trade for Lucas Giolito. Last night, the Mets start to wave the white flag and trade David Robertson to the Miami Marlins. So the Phillies now, it's all coming into focus. And really... It's about left field. I mean, they've been pretty clear and, and narrowed this thing down where the Phillies want to go get a left fielder to put out there, to have Bryce Harper play first base most days, to have Kyle Schreiber as the DH, and the Phillies are going to get a left fielder. And I think a lot of the signals out there are that the Phillies are going to want a right-handed hitting outfielder to, to go out there. And I understand that. They're still, in essence, missing Reese Hoskins because Trey Turner's been so bad. Trey's not really made up for the right-handed issues in the lineup. But you look at the Phillies' OPS versus lefties versus righties, it's pretty even. They, they really haven't been terrible against left-handed pitching. You know, Bryce holds his own against lefties. Stott holds his own against lefties. I don't think it is a gigantic deal. So I'm going to power rank right now the potential outfield bats for the Phillies. And I'm going to guess one of the eight names I have on my list will be a Philly by the trade deadline on Tuesday, August 1st. One of these eight names, I believe, will be in a Phillies uniform mid to late next week whenever the guy arrives and starts putting on a Phillies uniform and playing. So one of these eight, I believe, will be the guy. And I don't, I'm not differentiating lefty-righty. Like, just get me the best player. Yeah, I could see why once you get past, let's say, number two on this list, you know, you kind of say, well, I, I like that, right? I like the righties, and, and, they, and they all fit, and you can make the lineup work. Uh, wonderful. One and two, and you'll hear in a minute, are not righties on my list, but they're better players, and I look for impact more than I do just one specific kind of player. So let's rank them the number number one guy. I'll go one through eight, the eight possible and likely trade acquisitions for the Phillies, what to like, what not to like, what to worry about. Number one, and you knew it would be number one, especially with the report coming back out last night, that the San Diego Padres are willing to listen on Juan Soto. Now, it does seem still like it's an unlikely thing that he would get traded. You know, they have a year of control left. I think the Padres are in that zone where they realize it's probably not going to happen this year. And if they get blown away, they would sell Soto now, maybe rather than the offseason or next trade deadline. But the bottom line is, if they're listening, the Phillies have to make the phone call. Have to make the phone call. The guy's special. 20 home runs. He leads the league in walks. More walks than Ks. Um, one more year of team control. There's, there's no other way to say. Juan Soto is one of the, the five or six greatest hitters in the sport. He's 24 years old. He's already on the path to the Hall of Fame. If the Phillies could get him in Philadelphia, we know the story a few weeks ago when they flew back on a team plane. Got all the connections here with Kevin Long and Trey Turner and Bryce Harper and Kyle Schwarber. I won't rest until Juan Soto's a Philly. I don't think this happens, but by far number one on my list. Number two, a guy that you know, it was kind of the periphery of this discussion a few weeks ago. And then we did a, a whole show here on WIP Daily just on this guy earlier this week. And for good reason. It's Cody Bellinger. So again, another left-hand hitter in this case. But I can't worry about that because of the year Cody Bellinger is having. Uh, he's hitting 317. He has a 9-10 OPS. Only 50 strikeouts on the entire season 
which is pretty darn incredible for a guy that at one point was a swing and miss machine with the Los Angeles Dodgers. He has a ton of postseason experience, which is really a plus here for some of the guys in this list. And he's hit lefties well this year. So again, yes, we realize it would be a lefty-heavy lineup, but the Phillies right now don't have horrible platoon splits lefty-righty. Bellinger this year has hit lefties well. I think it's more of a... It's a stylistic thing than it is in reality that this would be a big deal um, if they bring another left-handed hitter, especially one that is as good as Cody Bellinger. Now, two things jump out. One, team control, and and two, some of the underlying numbers. So first of all, team control. There's a mutual $12.5 million option on his contract. There's no way, I mean, no way, unless Bellinger gets hurt, that he's going to exercise his side of the mutual option for next year. And guys, even if he gets hurt, to have him back for $12.5 million next year feels like a steal, unless it's like an injury that he's out for a year. You know what I mean? Like he's, If he could play next opening day, of course you take it back for $12.5 million. He's going to opt out. He'll go to free agency. He'll probably make a ton of money this offseason. So it'd be a rental for Cody Bellinger. Now, as far as the stat cast data, some of the underlying numbers, hard hit percentage, barrel rate, it's not great. He, he's outperforming some of his numbers, and... I would be more worried about this if this was a long-term acquisition. If the Phillies had to surrender their top two or three prospects because Cody had three or four years left on his deal or two or three years left on his deal. And then you'd say, all right, maybe you're buying the high and the and the dip is about to come. I, I, I acknowledge that. There's probably a dip to come. But that's not what this is. This is just for a couple months. Can he sustain high-level play or close to high-level play for a couple months even if the underlying numbers aren't you know, great, he probably can. Um, We've seen this before. The underlying number stuff, that worries me way more when it's a situation of a long-term buy, when it's a situation of trying to get this guy for the long-term, not the short-term. So I I think there's, that's real, and it's certainly something to discuss uh, when it comes to Cody Bellinger, but it's not a gigantic deal for me just based on this player right now in this particular situation as a trade deadline acquisition. So clearly number two for me is Bellinger. Number one is Juan Soto. Number two, Cody Bellinger. Number three, a guy that we've talked about a little bit before on the podcast. We tried to guess that right-handed bat the Phillies would would get. It's Adam Duvall with the Boston Red Sox. And I I wouldn't be fooled by the Red Sox being in the race. Sometimes teams add and subtract, especially when there's so many teams that are in it. And the Red Sox have a lot of outfielders. They have Jaron Duran, they want to get everyday playing time too. They're kind of turning their team over in the midst of contending, where they're trying to put play all their young guys. I mean, they signed Yoshida in the offseason. Cassis at first base has been a revelation. Um, they've got some good young pitching. Duran has come on. So, so they're going to have a situation here in the next, I would say, month or two, where they want to win and turn it over to all the young kids. That, that is that is that is going to happen here when it comes to the Boston Red Sox. So I, I think they could trade Duvall for a relief pitcher right now and still contend. So I, I think Duvall, even though the Red Sox are definitely in the AL wildcard race, could be in it. He is a great fit for the Phillies. He's a winner. He is a champion. He plays plus defense. Actually, he's playing more center this year. So the Phillies could look at the metrics. I mean, they could play Duvall in center and, and, and Martian and left or Rojas and left. I mean, they'd have really strong center left field defense, however they do. He's slugging at about a 30 home run clip over a full season which is which is good um and he's a guy right-handed been in pennant races he checks every box rental full year it's like a seven million dollar deal be pretty cheap i I like the idea of adam duvall and the phillies actually could subtract from a a strength i mean i I wouldn't be shocked if the red sox 
they might want a low-level prospect, but you know, they like an Andrew Bellotti. They like a Connor Brogdon. You know, they like someone the Phillies are currently on a spot for in their bullpen, and that kind of swap happens. So Duvall is a name to watch. I like him a lot. He's number three on my list. So it's Soto, Bellinger, Duvall. Number four is Lane Thomas, the outfielder having a career year with the Washington Nationals. Look, I like Lane Thomas, and I think he's having a nice year, and I wouldn't mind having him on the Phillies. The thing is, though, it's it's buying high. The cost will be extreme because he has two years left on his deal. The National are just going to give this guy away. And I don't love his plate discipline. Uh, and, you know, he strikes out a lot, doesn't walk much. I, I, I don't look at Lane Thomas as someone who's going to sustain this year to year. He's having a nice year now. Uh, but I wouldn't be interested in, in surrendering one of the Phillies top five prospects for Lane Thomas. I'm just, I'm a little lower on him, I think, than whatever he goes for. I imagine he'll go for a prospect. You'd be like, whoa, that team gave up that for Lane Thomas. Nice player. He'd certainly help, and he's having a good year. But I'm a little bit lower on him. He's sitting 290, 482 slug, and having a good year. So it's Soto 1, Bellinger 2, Duvall 3, Lane Thomas 4. Number 5 is a guy that I'm not sure if he's going to get moved. I'm not sure what this team is doing. They are are one of many bubble teams here um, at, at the at the trade deadline. That's the Seattle Mariners and it's Teoscar Hernandez. Now, Teoscar Hernandez solves some of the issue with the Phillies. He doesn't solve it all. Okay, so number one, he brings real power. I mean, real power to the lineup. Clearly the team's second best home run hitter after Schwarber the minute he walks in the door. He does strike out. He doesn't have great play discipline. I mean, you might you might get a 300 on base percentage out of Teoscar Hernandez. So it's kind of that feast or famine power bat, could thrive at Citizens Bank Park. It wouldn't shock me if he has a run where he hits nine or ten home runs in a month and helps the Phillies make the playoffs. Like It could be one of those kind of guys. But it also could be like when you acquire players like that, and, and, and there's a comparison a little bit to Jorge Soler with the kind of player he is, great couple months once in a while, and then awful couple months. It would also wouldn't shock me if Teoscar Hernandez goes somewhere or stays with the Mariners or whatever he does and hits 190 for the last two months with like six home runs. And it's like, ugh, it's not very good. So, and and the Mariners are in a tricky spot where they're trying to contend. They're trying to fix their issues and make it, but they're kind of 500-ish. So I don't know what's going to happen. I do like Teoscar. I would take, I would roll the dice on him, free agent to be. He's number five on the list. Number six, Tommy Pham. He's a little bit older. Um, He was recently banged up, but came back. One-year deal, having a good one. He's a pro. He's, He's got good speed, pretty good defense, can run the bases, some power. Um, the only worry about him is he's done most of his damage with the platoon advantage. The Mets have really picked their spots very well when Tommy Pham plays, when he doesn't. So I think some of those numbers are inflated. If he came to Philadelphia and was just, boom, the everyday left fielder, and he faced a lot more righties down the stretch, I think his numbers would dip. I'm a little bit wary of that. Like the right situation, right team, Tommy Pham, it could work. And maybe that's the Phillies, and maybe they can make it work. But I'm not sure, because then you're kind of having a three-person platoon because they don't really want to play Marsh against lefties, so that's when you play Fam. but then Rojas plays every day. It's, it's kind of weird to figure that, that part out if he's not a true everyday player and, and you don't have to worry about platoon splits. So I go Tommy Fam 6. Mark Canna, also from the Mets, is number 7 on my list. He's fine. Um, I, I would take him. I wouldn't give up much for him. The, the best part about Mark Canna is actually that he gets on base. He works counts. I like his at-bats. Power's not really there much. Um, you're not getting much extra base out of Mark Canna at this point of his career. I actually wanted the Phillies to sign him. I think it was last year. Um, or whatever. Every time with the Mets, I wanted the Phillies to sign him. I, I think he's a good player. I think he's a pretty good defensive outfielder. So I think he's certainly an upgrade over Jake Cave. 
but I'm not surrendering anything much from Arcana. And there's obviously some guys on this list I'd love above him. And the last guy on the list is Randall Gritchick. He is with the Rockies right now on a one-year deal. He's been a good player in the past, you know, obviously the Cardinals and the Blue Jays. And he's actually looking at some of his numbers this year, 307, six home runs. But that's when he's playing half his game at Coors Field. Six home runs on the season, half your game's at Coors Field. It makes me wonder if the power is just kind of evaporating here for Randall Gritchick. Uh, he's, just, he's hitting 307, which is nice. But again, he plays half his game at Coors. Uh, he's similar to Pham and he's dominated the platoon side. He's killed lefties. Hasn't really done much against right-handers um, so far this season. So I would take him for barely anything. I'm not super excited about the idea of Randall Gritchick. He's, he's a la- you know he's a last-case resort. So he's fine. I wouldn't give it much for him. He could help a little bit, certainly, but not overwhelming on that one. So here is the full list. My power rankings for the Phillies and the outfield they will acquire between now and Tuesday. Number one, without question, is Juan Soto. Number two is Cody Bellinger. Number three is Adam Duvall. Number four, Lane Thomas. Number five, Teoscar Hernandez. Six, Tommy Pham. Seven, Mark Hanna. Eight, Randall Gritchick. If I had to guess, Adam Duvall is going to be the guy. He's going to be the move for Dave Dabrowski, the move for the Phillies. Lengthen this lineup out. Make it a little deeper. I mean, if they could if they could add any of these guys and, and just make the lineup one spot deeper, it's going to go a long way. It's going to make them a better offense. And, you know, if you get the kind of production these guys have provided so far, and then you add in the five guys who have not really been great so far this year, if they have an uptick in the final two months of the season, you know, this thing could go. I mean, they, they really they could have enough offense to go, but power is a necessity right now. The Phillies are, you know, bottom third of baseball in home runs. Power is a necessity. That's why I put Soto. I put Bellinger. I put Duvall. You know, that's why I have Teoscar Hernandez probably higher than maybe some people would because his power. It's why I have Canna and Gritchick a little bit lower. The Phillies need power. If they could find power and plate discipline, Soto obviously is, is clearly the best of all that. And Bellinger, I, I think that's worth the cost and worth what it will take to get those guys. It's probably unlikely. And though, you know, Jim Bowden over the Athletic threw out a reasonable trade package for a guy like Cody Bellinger. If it is possible, if it is there, boy, it could change this offense in a significant way. It's going to be fun. The trade market is already percolating. Trades are going down. Dombrowski, get on the horn and make a big deal and help the Phillies out because this team certainly has the ability and the hope and the expectation among this fan base to make the playoffs. And now it's about going out and finding a missing piece or two on the trade market. Appreciate everyone listening, of course, subscribing, following the uh, the show here. We'll be doing a lot next week with the trade deadline and uh, and a lot, of course, with Eagles training camp as we lead up to the start of the NFL season and down the stretch of the baseball season. Thanks so much for watching on YouTube, for listening on all the platforms. You get your podcasts. Thanks so much again for downloading, subscribing, following WIP Daily.